to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Adam Keller, and this is Shop Talk, our Thursday morning episode we're producing every week with a focus on labor education, history, and training. It's Thursday, October 19th, and we're broadcasting live from Spice Radio Studio in the heart of the Tennessee Valley in Huntsville, Alabama. Every episode is live-streamed on YouTube and Facebook, and it's released on your favorite podcasting platform in the coming days. Today on the show, we're talking with Lisa from Labor Notes about the 10-minute meeting and how it can build power on the job. Before we get into that, though, I want to take a moment to thank our very first sponsor for Shop Talk. At the Valley Labor Report, we are big fans of Labor Notes. Labor Notes is a media and organizing project that since 1979 has been the voice of union activists who want to put the movement back in the labor movement. Through their magazine, website, books, conferences, and workshops, Labor Notes promotes organizing, aggressive strategies to fight concessions, alliances with worker centers, and unions that are run by their members. Labor Notes is also a network of rank-and-file members, local union leaders, and labor activists who know the labor movement is worth fighting for. They encourage connections between workers in different unions, worker centers, communities, industries, and countries to strengthen the movement, from the bottom up. With 40 years of movement building behind them, Labor Notes exist as a resource for leaders and union members who want to chart a new course for the labor movement. At the Valley Labor Report, we are proud subscribers and supporters, and we encourage our listeners to do the same. Go to labornotes.org to find out more. So, uh, big fans of Labor Notes, and today is our Labor Notes episode. Every month we do a Labor Notes themed episode. We bring on someone from the Labor Notes team or we dissect one of their articles that they put out, uh, typically through Steward's Corner. Since Shop Talk is more on the educational side, I really like to focus on the training that they provide at Labor Notes. And I'm really excited about today. We have Lisa joining us. Uh, Lisa has not been on the show before. I've talked to a lot of the Labor Notes crew, but... um, So I'm really looking forward to this conversation and also about the topic of today's conversation, which is the 10-minute meeting, which can be very powerful. Uh, It's something that the UAW has been using very effectively, Uh, and Lisa's going to talk to us a little bit about that technique and some of the things that the UAWD in particular has been using uh, with this technique. So with all that out of the way, uh, Lisa, thanks so much for joining us on shop talk on the valley labor report yeah thank you for having me yeah absolutely absolutely so 
like I said, you've never been on the show before. We've talked to a lot of your colleagues. Uh, I wanted to give you a chance to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story and what got you in, involved in the movement. Um, yeah, so uh, I started organizing about five years ago. Um, I was uh, a graduate student at Harvard. I got my PhD there in 2018. And uh, we won a union election there representing graduate student workers in 2018. And I worked as an organizer for our local union for a couple of years. And then um, I learned about this really exciting reform movement in the UAW. Um, uh, so our grad union was affiliated with the UAW. And um, I was hired as the first staff organizer for UAWD, uh, the Reform Caucus. Um, and I organized on the referendum vote to uh, bring about direct elections of the top leadership in the UAW. Um, uh, went to the UAW Constitutional Convention last summer where UAWD won some important reforms. Um, and then on the campaign to elect Sean Fain and uh, the UAW Members United Reform Slate uh, that UAWD endorsed um, and campaigned for. Um, and then, uh, and then I came to Labor Notes uh, three months ago. So that's been uh, my background. Wow, uh, I've got to ask: When you went to Harvard, did you expect to get on this path? No, I didn't think I was going <laughs> to end up on the Valley Labor Report in twenty twenty three. I went to economics. Yeah. Okay. All right. That is so cool. Uh, and that's why I always like to ask people about their story because people have such, you know, interesting and unique journeys getting into this movement. And it's a lot of times it's the same values that drive us into the movement, the, you know, the values of respect for our fellow workers uh, and dignity for our fellow workers. But we take these long winding paths uh, to get there. And I think it's really amazing. Um, you may not have, have anticipated this being your path, but you've clearly uh, been involved in some of the most historic and important labor aspects in this country in the last few years. So uh, kudos to you and, and welcome to Labor Notes. Uh, definitely glad to see you on the team there. As I said, we're a big fan of Labor Notes. So uh, Lisa, today we're talking about the 10 minute meeting. And with your work in UAWD, you definitely are the right guest to bring on for this. So if you're listening to this show, chances are you're interested in ways to build worker power, solidarity, and engagement on the shop floor. And I'm hoping that today, after this episode, you'll walk away with a technique to do just that. And in your Steward's Corner article for Labor Notes, you started with an example from the Kentucky truck plant in Louisville which is pretty timely, uh, considering they just went on strike last week. And we talked to the local president this past Saturday. It was a great conversation. Uh, but walk us through an example of a 10-minute meeting. Could you tell us kind of like what would that look like, whether that's, you know, that specific example or otherwise? Yeah, so I should say um, uh, the worker I interviewed for this article, Chris Budnick, is someone I know well. Uh, he's one of the leaders of uh, UAWD. He's the co-chair of the steering committee. Um, he's been very instrumental in the reform movement. And he really took this um, idea of 10-minute meetings and ran with it um, in the Kentucky truck plant, which um, uh, for you know people don't know, that's the latest plant that's gotten called out in the UAW stand-up strike. Um, it's the most profitable plant for Ford. 
um, and uh, or it brings in a really large share of Ford's uh, revenue. Um, and uh, so to kind of just back up, you know, we uh, sort of, you know, we were looking at a bunch of different tactics um, in successful contract campaigns, um, uh, you know, kind of in the spring after we knew Sean was going to get elected, there's going to be hopefully, you know, a real contract campaign in the big three for the first time in decades, um, right. if ever. And, um, and, you know, we were thinking about, you know, how can we start getting workers in motion to prepare for the strike? And I think what I realized, um, talking to a lot of workers is it's, it's quite intimidating to, um, you know, just, you know, hold like a giant rally. Um, you know, you kind of have to build up to it. Um, the layer of workers and I think a lot of plants who have experience with this kind of organizing, like, you know, it's, it's pretty small, um, because for a long time, you know, the companies, um, and the administration caucus leadership really, really repressed any kind of worker self-organizing in the plants. Um, so, you know, big kudos to Chris for, for taking this idea and, and running with it so successfully. So, uh, so the, so the reason why, um, you know, 10 minute meeting is, is what it sounds like. It's a meeting that you hold with your coworkers, ideally in person at your work site. That's only 10 minutes long. And, um, we're pretty clear about that in the article, like actually set a timer and make sure you don't go over 10 minutes. Um, and there's, um, a number of reasons why we thought this would be, uh, uh, you know, a helpful tactic to pursue. So it's easy. You're making, the, you're bringing the meeting to the workers. Um, there's actually another labor notes article. Um, that's a really great piece about how, uh, you know, just that alone is kind of you know, an innovation, you're not expecting workers to come out on their precious time off to the union hall for two hours, sit through a business meeting, um, you know, that has its place. But um, if you're in the middle of a contract campaign, a unionization drive, or just, you know, any other kind of um, just, you know, in the life of the union, there should be easy ways for workers to plug in, um, you know, on their break, uh, lunchtime before or after their shift um, in a place like a break room or parking lot where it's easy for um, workers to gather and um, hear updates on say what's going on negotiations or you know uh, were there issues um, uh, at work this week um, that came up um, you know you want to discuss so um, so you know one part of it is like this is a tactic for potentially, you know, escalating to something um, bigger, like a rally or, or a practice picket. Um, uh, and that's both to get more workers um, involved uh, gradually over time, but it's also to build up um, the skills of the workers who are holding these meetings. And, um, you know, I really felt that uh, for workers who are just getting involved with organizing, like it can be so intimidating to run a giant meeting or, you know, worry about like, you know, what if nobody comes to my meeting? And I think, uh, you know, what we stress in in the article um, and UAWD also put out a, a guide and have, they have a training video um, on, on the UAWD website um, 
as well about this. Like what we stress is, you know, this can be a successful meeting just with like five of your coworkers and it's, it's 10 minutes long, you know, um, you know, uh, I think it kind of gives you a chance to practice, um, you know, what is like a, and we have a sample agenda, you know, you can adapt, but like, you know, what is a successful meeting agenda? You know, it's only 10 minutes long. Um, you know, what are, how do you turn people out to a meeting? So we have, you know, some organizing tips around that. How do you get more people involved in the next meeting? Um, you know, find a co-facilitator. And one thing, um, you know, Chris did, which I thought was really cool, was he um, kind of, you know, did some mental mapping of his plant. You know, he was like, you know, I'm going to first start in my own department, the quality department, and then I'm going to do a separate meeting for the skilled trades uh, workers. And then, you know, I'm going to hit this shift and this shift. So it's really, I think, another way to just start um, getting people to think about how is the workplace organized, how are we actually going to reach everyone. Um, so... So yeah, that's that's the gist of it. I'll, I'll stop talking. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic, and I, I think you covered a lot of ground there uh, in terms of why this is an effective tactic and and why workers respond to this, um, and why it's useful to build the union in in the longer term. Uh, because I really liked the point that you made that it's practice for worker organizers, uh, because you're right, it can be really intimidating. When someone says, well, you should get involved in the union, you know, you may have questions about, well, what does that even look like? And and you may jump to those conclusions of, okay, I'm going to have to like walk out, you know, of the plant or I'm going to have to lead a big rally or speak in front of hundreds of people. And, um, you know, there are certainly plenty of steps to take in between then. Uh, and I think this is a, like you said, a really great way to uh, get your practice as a leader uh, and begin to kind of develop those skills, but also, you know, build that respect uh, because the folks who attend your meeting, even if it is just four or five, uh, are going to walk away with something new and some, you know, new sense of respect for you as a leader and an organizer in, in the shop. So uh, something that the article talks about is starting small. Uh, and you mentioned already a little bit about preparation, but was there anything else you wanted to touch on in terms of preparation for the 10 minute meeting? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, the article does kind of go through, I'm not going to like sit and read it like every Oh no, no, not at all. But uh, you know, something, something that's mentioned is like deciding where to hold the meeting. And I think that can be, uh, sometimes a tricky, a tricky one. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, I, I guess one thing to say about the auto plants is, uh, you know, I think there are certain spaces that are clearly worker spaces, like the break room is like worker space, you know, there are sometimes union offices, like, on the plant site itself. Um, but you know, they're like, the the boss is, there's a lot of, the boss con- exerts a lot of control over the shop floor too, you know, like you can't take photos um there's certain things you can't do on the line so i think some of it is like being assertive and like you know understanding like this is like our space to meet this is our space and time to meet and we we also have some you know like uh we have a line in the article about how you know your your right to um have these 10 minute meetings is protected 
um, under the NLRB. If you run into, if you get shit from your union leadership for doing this, if your union leadership is not on board with these meetings, um, your right to assemble as union members is also protected by um, the LMRDA. Any group of union members, you don't have to be an elected leader, you know, you, you have the right to meet and, and talk about, you know, uh, your work. Um, so, so yeah, just thinking concretely about time and place, um, what is like a good, uh, you know, what's like a good discussion topic um, for, for this meeting. Um, another thing we wanted to emphasize was like, this is, I think, so often now because, um, I mean, it is an important tool, like, it's very easy for people just to default to social media as, you know, this is uh, the only organizing tools. This is the easiest way to get information out. Um, but, you know, we talk about like, well, what is, what are the quality of those conversations like? Like, this is, it's very different to have um, a face-to-face -face conversation and for people to like get together as a group in, in physical space, um, you know, for workplaces where, you know, uh, people are actually working in a physical space, um, especially. So, um, so yeah, so those are some of the things um, that's kind of more the motivation of like why we really want people to sort of consider this um, bit, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that there, there was a lot that you covered there, including some important information about your rights that are protected. I'm, I'm going to circle back to that. But um, yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot that can be accomplished in just 10 minutes. Um, and there's a lot that you can accomplish with just a few co-workers. Um, and something you mentioned in term which goes into like the attendance, right? Because I think sometimes people are going to be nervous. Like, what what if I call a meeting and no one shows up? Well, there are ways to engage with that and like make a difference on that front. And as you said, having face to face conversations, like actually speaking to people, you know, before or after work or during work or on lunch break, asking them, hey, I'm going to hold a meeting tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock in the break room. Will you come? Uh, that makes a difference. It really does. And, you know, if that when that's not possible, like a personal phone call or text message is better than just assuming that you can do an email blast or like put out a Facebook post and that alone will will get people. Um, you know, it'd be nice if, if it was that easy, right? But it's just realistically, it's not going to be that easy because people are busy. People have a lot going on and people have to, you know, dedicate the time and the, you know, the desire to, to come engage with you in your meeting. So, Basic organizing skills, really, of having face-to-face -face conversations, listening to folks, finding out what their issues are, uh, it really, you know, makes a big difference there. Yeah, and, yeah. No, yeah oh, sorry. I, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for bringing that up. I, I would, I would definitely feel remiss if I didn't mention this. Like, um, I think it is such a splash of cold water in your face when you realize, oh, that email blast I sent out. You know, that's not actually not or like. That the Facebook post I made that, that actually not that's actually not going to turn people out to the meeting <laughs> or the act. Um, so I, I do think like if you go through this process of like oh I actually have to remind people to come to the meeting I should ask them in person I should get a commitment like uh, you know I need to ask them a question are you going to make it and then get a commitment from them and like I think just going through that process and seeing oh wow that that really works that kind of normalizes this process of of organizing. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. And then we also ask people to, uh, you know, make an attendance sheet and 
collect contact information of everyone who's there so you can invite them back and then grow the meeting the next week. Yeah, that's that's great. And that gets into like some of the things in terms of during the meeting itself. Uh, and you've mentioned already a, a couple really important ones. Stick to the 10 minutes, set a timer, stick to the agenda, um, create the sign in sheet to get your contact information. That's great. Uh, another tip that is given is that you don't have to have all the answers to every question that might be asked, because that's another thing that can be intimidating, right? You, If you do successfully gather a, a bunch of folks together, what happens when they ask a question you don't know the answer to? Um, but something that I really like that y'all emphasize is that's an opportunity to encourage discussion and collective problem solving, right? And getting these brains together to figure it out. And and it's acceptable to tell people, I don't know yet, but I will find out for you. Now, you you do have to find out for them <laughs> and follow up with them, right? But I think sometimes that can be an acceptable answer depending on the circumstances. But really, if you've got people together, why not have some collaborative discussion to figure out the answer? Um, and, and, of course, doing some follow-up because you can't just do like a one-off meeting and then no one ever hears from you again. Right. Um, and, and I don't know if maybe you want have something to to expand there in terms of like the follow up to say we did our meeting. We did the good organizing of one on ones and we got people there. We stuck to the agenda. It turned out well. You know, now what? What do we do next? Great question. I think we kind of have to see because I think, um, you know, Chris uh, went out on strike. So. Uh, I don't know if he's still doing these, but I know he was doing them up until their plant was called out. Um, so I think part of it is like, this is not something that's like, you know, uh, this is something you can have in perpetuity, I think, um, because, you know, a union always has to be organized. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I think we don't go into this too much, like, you know, what what next in the article, but you know, this is hopefully a foundation for um, uh, building more relationships on the shop floor, uh, building more leaders. That's why we emphasize, you know, uh, getting other people involved to help run these meetings. And I, I think you raise, um, you know, the good point of like, you know, another aspect of this, uh, another intimidation factor is being like, oh, I have to be so really knowledgeable before I can uh, help run one of these meetings or get involved in the union. Um, and that's really not true at all. And like, um, you know, you were saying the the commitment to actually follow up um, counts for a lot. So, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, the, the idea is this can feed into future meetings, this could feed into more actions. So a lot of UAW locals did end up holding practice pickets, which I was totally excited about. Um, I don't know the last time a UAW auto local held a practice picket, you know, anytime in the last few decades. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I think the, the next, what's next, at least, you know, for um, these plants has to be fleshed out. Um, and I should also say, you know, we got this idea in part from, and it's not an original idea. I think, uh, you know, the NEA, um, I think had a brief guide to running 10 minute meetings. Um, the Teamsters parking lot rallies, um, the UPS contract campaign were basically 10 minute meetings. And some of them started out very small. You wouldn't think it because there's like, you go and there's like 50, you know, workers gathered for this rally before they start work. But um, 
you know, they didn't start out with 50 people. So um, that's something uh, to emphasize too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I did want to make sure I circle back and just kind of remind folks that you do have the right to do this. Um, it is protected under federal law. Um, and like Lisa mentioned, even if your union officers aren't totally on board yet or they're a little bit freaked out uh, because, you know, when workers gather together and, and bring their minds and skills together and talk amongst each other, it makes people nervous sometimes. Uh, but that should not discourage you. You have the right to do it. It's an effective tactic. Um, Lisa, was there anything else you wanted to add about the 10-minute meetings? And then I want to give you a chance to, to also talk about uh, what y'all are up to at Labor Notes. Um, no, I think that kind of covers it. But, you know, I, I so this was like the first thing I wrote, almost the first thing I worked on when I got to Labor Notes um, because, you know, uh, the Labor Notes staff knew I was working on this at UAWD. And um, honestly, like the more... Uh, labor notes work I've done since then, the more I actually feel like this is like a really um, good sort of thing for workers to experiment with. If you're thinking about how to get more workers involved, um, like really make it as easy as possible for people to, to come. And, you know, there are really no excuses when, you know, all you're asking for is 10 minutes of their time. And mm -hmm. it's also a great way to just get more people in, involved like an easy ask, right, um, to help, you know, co-facilitate a meeting that's just 10 minutes long and, and get some people there. So I, you know, I, I think it's something, um, you know, people should should try out and, um, you know, just see, you know, I mean, I don't know. I was honestly, when Chris ran with it, I was surprised by how, how well it went. Um, and, and, you know, he, he got such great feedback. You can read about that in the article. He's got such great feedback from his coworkers. They were like, just amazed that they had, they were, were like, had this opportunity to, to talk to each other. Right. And I think that's really worth emphasizing that, you know, workers want to be able to talk with each other, listen to each other, air their concerns, their questions. Uh, workers want this opportunity. And, and sometimes I think folks will, will look around at like their monthly union meeting and say, oh, well, there's just the same couple dozen folks here. I guess no one's interested. And I think that is just a classic mistake um, and, and something that Labor Notes does a lot of great work around, like kind of busting that myth and, and getting into, well, why aren't people at the meeting? And what could you be doing differently to engage with these folks? Um, so on that note, was there anything uh, y'all are working on at Labor Notes uh, that you wanted to share with us? Yeah, um, thanks for the opportunity to to talk about this. I think one big thing on the horizon is the Labor Notes conference. Um, so uh, Labor Notes hosts a really large uh, biannual conference every two years um, in Chicago. Uh, the next one is going to be in April 2024. I was at the one um, in June 2022, and it was just like the most amazing gathering of union activists. Um, I think, uh, you know, we're expecting over 4,000 people this year. Uh, you can learn more about the conference at labornotes.org slash conference or slash 2024, um, and registration should be opening up soon. Um, uh, aside from that, you know, we hold a lot of online trainings um, on, uh, so we have a secrets of a successful organizer series, which honestly is just kind of like uh, 
recapping some of the stuff in this, uh, some of the organizing skills in this 10 minute uh, meeting guide. Um, uh, we have a race and labor workshop, uh, a climate organizing workshop. Uh, uh, we have, and we're, we have a workshop called um, what to do when your union breaks your heart, uh, which is kind of a lead into um, a new series that we're hoping to start soon on how to organize union caucuses. Um, uh, so reform caucuses uh, for workers who want to get involved with the project of reforming their unions um, and start caucuses, you know, like Teamsters for Democratic Union, UAWD. Um, uh, so I encourage people to check out those trainings, um, uh, subscribe to updates from Labor Notes if you're not getting them already, um, and subscribe to the magazine. Uh, in addition to the big conference, we also have one-day troublemaker schools um, around the country. Uh, although those will probably be um, winding down as we prepare for the, for the big conference. But um, yeah, there are a lot of different ways for, for people to plug into, um, you know, the, the, the stuff we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I was there June 2022, and it was fantastic. It was just one of the, the most amazing experiences for me as, a, as an activist and organizer uh, to get to be there with so many brilliant people and dedicated people and learn from folks, connect with folks. Uh, so, you know, if you have any way to get to Chicago next April, you don't want to miss that for sure. But uh, as Lisa said, a lot of great online trainings. You can go to labornotes.org slash events. Keep keep track of those. Uh, highly recommend Secrets of a Successful Organizer. If you're trying to get into this and you're trying to figure out, like, how do I make a difference? I couldn't recommend that enough. Uh, so, Lisa... Do you have anything else uh, before I let you go this morning? I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate the work you're doing and, and the work you've done already with UAWD and now with Labor Notes. So I uh, really appreciate you coming on this morning. I want to give you a chance for any final parting words. Um, no, I don't think I have any, but I appreciate you highlighting the sort of very nuts and bolts sort of, um, you know, uh, Stewart's Corner piece, um, I think, uh, yeah, and I mean, uh, it's plugging in in a very real way into this much more, you know, this very exciting strike um, that's happening. And uh, yeah, so I just appreciate that, you know, um, this opportunity to talk about uh, something that's, I think, really the building block, um, or can be the building block of, uh, you know, much, much larger scale organizing. Yeah, absolutely. We got to talk about the practical stuff so we can we can do the fun stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> so thank you so much, Lisa. Really appreciate it, and uh, hope you have a good rest of your week. Yeah, thank you. You too. All right, y'all. So really enjoyed that. Uh, again, check out the article. I did link it in uh, the show description on YouTube and Facebook, so you can find that. Uh, check it out. Share it with your colleagues and coworkers. Um, it's definitely a tactic that you want to implement, um, and they have some great information there. Between Labor Notes and the UAWD, uh, you've got everything you need to know to be successful with it. Uh, and let us know how it goes, right? If, you tr if you're listening and you try this out in your shop, uh, we'd love to know the response. Uh, so definitely keep us posted on that. All right, folks, that's it for today's episode of Shop Talk. I uh, hope it was worth your time, and I really appreciate everyone listening. 
If you enjoyed it, please share it with your network and make sure that you're plugged into our work at tvlr.fm. Just a reminder that the Valley Labor Report is a working class media collective dedicated to lifting up labor struggles throughout Alabama and across the South. We bring you Alabama's only union talk radio show every Saturday morning with the first half from 9.30 to 11 a.m. live on FM radio through WVNN here in the Huntsville listening area. The entire program is online via Facebook, YouTube, and podcast, and portions of the program are replayed on WZZA in the Shoals and WHIV out of New Orleans. We do encourage you to check out that website, tvlr.fm, where you can find news and commentary. You can find our merch, uh, including our really cool Join a Union or the Boss Will Get You t-shirt. That is out. Uh, we have a limited edition run of that. It is, of course, 100% union-made in America. So check out the merch, tvlr.fm. You can sign up for our email newsletters while you're there. We put out Last Week in Southern Labor and Boss Watch as a newsletter. Finally, we rely on donations and sponsorships to put out all of this free content. We really appreciate the local unions and organizations that sponsor ads on our main Saturday show, as well as Labor Notes sponsoring Shop Talk. Please hit us up if you have ideas for sponsors or if you want us to talk to your union about becoming a sponsor. Our single biggest source of contributions, though, comes from listener donations. You can make a one-time donation or a recurring contribution at tvlr.fm donate. We have a Patreon if you prefer to donate that way. Uh... But whether you donate, share, subscribe, or just listen, we really appreciate your support. We can't do it without you. And so if you share our mission to grow the Southern labor movement, if you share our belief in the power of solidarity and collective organization, if you want media that is for working people, by working people, please consider becoming a recurring donor at tvlr.fm donate. All power to the workers. Solidarity, y'all.